for teens and welcome back to my studio i have been observing and taking in everything that is happening in our country right now and um i don't need to tell my generation that police brutality is bad or why all lives matter and validates the injustice that is done to black people and i don't think as an asian person it is not my place to tell you so there's always a better way to be an ally and colorism is especially a very serious issue in the Asian community. We might know that police brutality is disgusting and it is murder, straight up, but we might not know how these things came to happen rather than just, you know, racist police, you know, interpersonal racism, a pers- uh, racism between- in a person. It's not just, you know, few bad apples. A single narrative, um, a single story of black people as criminals, um, a system that is built to keep black people in prison, a training program that does not train cops properly. They are all connected. There is a documentary on Netflix called The 13th. It is an amazingly insightful documentary that opens up your mind as to why um, black people have been heavily criminalized or in other words, seen as criminals, you know, as bad guys. Um, And um, I feel like I have to, you know, explain my big vocabulary in case any 13-year-old little teens are listening. And um, also, again, Hasan Minaj did an episode on why there is a lot of instances of police brutality in his show Patriot Act. And the episode is also on YouTube uh, called The Broken Policing System. And it explains why police don't get investigated or punished for murdering people. You know, there are people who are more qualified to inform others. And the best way to be an ally is to not take away their voice. To listen to them and truly try to understand them. Use my own privilege and audience to you know, get their voices heard. However, I would like to instigate discussion and inform on a few things I've seen the young people around me have been misinformed on. First things first, I would like to talk about social media activism. Spreading awareness is key. It is the first step to change. However, today's social media activism actually might be doing more harm than good. Um, You guys might know the chain that went around a few days ago. It was hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh, and tagging 10 people that won't break the chain or something. Three of my friends sent me that. And um, I do not want to hurt any of their feelings. But that chain is ineffective. And almost like verging on the territory of disrespectful. And um, everybody will be like, that's too sensitive. But it trivializes a big movement. And thousands of you know years. And thousands of numbers of death and bloodshed and oppression into an basically an internet trend it is uncomfortable to hear it and i know all of those people have very good intentions but accepting things even if it makes one feel uncomfortable i think that is the first step to checking one's privilege i felt so exhausted and drained and you know sick of everybody posting about what's happening not just the you know instagram changes all the videos and news outlets but every time I reminded myself that you know blocking the news social media 
is a privilege to me. Like even something as simple as that, you know, just deleting Twitter, you know, because black people just can't block the news and move on with their lives like me. They can't stop looking at people's posts, you know, because they're uncomfortable. It follows them everywhere when they're bird watching, jogging, playing with a toy gun, when they're grocery shopping. I just can't escape it by deleting Twitter, but they can't. Um, now let's talk about why it is ineffective and does harm social media activism. I think it's kind of like cancel culture, like on the internet. You know, people get the hashtags along the lines of like hashtag James Charles's over party and like, and you know, people retweet it um, instead of demanding a sincere apology. When you just have that hashtag trending, people don't think they can come back from it. You know, they don't think they have to apologize. They don't want to see an apology proof of redeeming themselves. Like, just canceling somebody doesn't do anything. That is the same thing that happens a lot, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, you post a story with the black hashtag Black Lives Matter, tag 10 other people, everybody posts it, and now the hashtag is everywhere. Literally everybody is posting it. And, you know, people look around and go, yep, we did it, guys. Like, done we solved it we solved racism in real life nothing really happened no long-term you know changes were made it's all gonna go back to how it was after the hashtag isn't trending anymore so please instead of posting a picture that you know says black lives matter with you know flowers and hands or literally just a dark blank picture i had no idea what that was um Raise awareness of petitions, donations, protests, and campaigns. Please just do something. If you can't donate financially, because I know that not everyone has that privilege, um, put on a YouTube video whose proceeds all go to the movement. Um, If you just search it on YouTube, it should come out. Uh, It's not just this movement. It's like everything can be applied. Every time another man in power is revealed to be a sexual predator or assaulter, the internet cancels him but doesn't do further steps like bring him to justice you know make sure you know they follow that trial and uh or call out other men in their own lives um, moving forward our generation's viral game is like so strong right now we can make anything go viral we've returned old childhood friends by making things go viral but our like following through game not strong at all um as i said before our voting game also pretty weak we should be voting way more like if you can't petition make calls protest at least vote it is the only way we preserve our democracy you know we look at everything right now joke about how this is a policing state how this is a dictatorship an authoritarian country or whatever but we have to we still can vote white house but voting routinely you know in local elections because change is way easier to happen on a smaller scale you know the primaries are happening and multiple straights right now for president and you can vote if you will be 18 by the time the real like general election happens 
I know a lot of young people are confused about the process. And I think the voting process in America is so confusing and, you know, darting for a reason, you know, to confuse people. So I will make another episode on it. So the New York and uh, the Kentucky primaries are happening on June 23rd. So please find a way to vote before that. Um, Next thing I want to talk about is the riots. A lot of my friends and mutuals on social media have talked about how looting Target is not a form of effective protest. I know this doesn't make sense at face value, and um, I do agree that, you know, you shouldn't, uh, it harms, you know, businesses to loot, and, um, but not just places like Target, you know, those are billion dollar companies who are looting from taxpayers, you know, and not paying taxes and looting from other people but you know small business and I do agree in some parts but if you only learn one thing from this podcast I want it to be this there's nothing that should be taken at face value when it comes to society and in politics there's underlying reasons implications and motives and consequences to almost everything when it comes to politics issues are all connected why? Because politics is necessary for a society to function, and society is built in interconnectedness. A society is quite literally defined as the aggregate of people living together in a more or less ordered community. Um, aggregate, I didn't even know what it meant, so uh, I'm not trying to. But aggregate means um, a whole formed by combining several elements. This is all from the Google dictionary, not like Oxford or anything. But a society is a system and is comprised of systems. Writing is directly battling that system. Because when a group of people peacefully protest the system that is built against them, it will never be accepted. It will never be listened. Why? Because the people in power wants to maintain that system. It benefits them and holds them above everyone else. It doesn't hold them accountable. The system makes them feel special, again. Just like what we talked about in the previous episode. Even, you know, when I'm talking about interconnectedness, even all my episodes are, you know, combining together. And that's why peaceful protesting does not work for the black community. Kneeling down peacefully ended Colin Kaepernick's career. Writing is the last resort. And writing works. Writing is expensive because the city, country, the police has to clean up the streets, the building, and replace their cars you know, that's been burned. Um, in a 2005 Supreme Court case, this was literally mind-blowing. Um, Castle Rock versus Gonzalez, it was a Supreme Court case. Um, the court ruled that police do not have the constitutional duty to protect somebody. I know you're thinking it's like this boring case, but like, listen, they are primarily designed to protect public property. Now, you should know that this case was about a mother who was afraid the father would kill his children and the police did not protect the children and the husband murdered the children, like, sure enough. And, you know, she sued and the court ruled that because this father did not have a property interest in her children, the police were not obligated to help her. It like, 
I was so confused about it, but what I understood was that because the mother's property was not violated, like the father was not trying to like destroy her property and like her only her kids, the police weren't in the wrong this time. You know, I would suggest you look more into the case um, because this was almost it was like really hard. Like even if what I understood from all the legal jargon is wrong, like it does not change the fact that they ruled that the police failed to protect these children and the court did not hold them accountable. They, they ruled that protecting people was not their job. Literally, the job of the police is not to protect people. Isn't that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? I know. So that hopefully highlights why this state is primarily concerned with property. You know, for so many decades, um, black people haven't been heard because um, the state didn't want to listen. You know, property is how black people get bargaining power. That is how they get heard. That's the language of the state, of the police. Then you can make a negotiation. Their power has been taken away. You know, they've been murdered, oppressed for centuries. The system stops them from gaining power and wealth. And I will do, you know, talk more about it in later episodes. And it is quite literally the only way. The podcast isn't meaning, like, it never means to instigate violence, ever. I just hope it sheds a light upon the background, the true meaning, you know, of things. Riots are not the best solution. If black people peacefully protested and worked, they would never riot. And it's not just about black people. They are risking their whole lives um, to riot. They're not doing it out of greed or of cash from Target or TV, you know, Lego sets. They're doing it because they have no other way. And as a privileged person, I do not get to judge how they get to be heard. Um, in Ferguson, the protesters um, that were, you know, shown were tracked, followed, and lynched to cars. In Chicago, there was reports of missing protesters, vanished, never returned home. Uh, my friend, I met her at a college thingy. Um, she's a very avid activist. She posted a Chicago police precinct numbers yesterday calling to um, action, like her followers, to call these precincts to demand that they let go of the arrested protesters and also demand to know what happened to a black boy that has been missing since they arrested him. I called almost a dozen numbers. Um, I did not want to be also a performative activist. And almost all the lines were dead. Um, they had blocked the calls off or was not answering. And one of the last numbers I called, a man picked up. Um, I don't know if it was the real police, but it should be because there were precinct numbers. But before I could say anything, except like I literally said only this. Hello, I am an activist calling too. And I was cut off. Those were the only words I said. And the man said... That is an internet hoax. Your number has been recorded and given over to the FBI. The police will be at your door shortly. Of course, I am a powerless high schooler. Actually, I'm not anymore. I graduated. But I don't even live in Chicago. And um, I waited. And as you probably know, as I'm talking to you right now, nobody came to my house. I thought it over and over again. But nothing I did was wrong. Calling a police pre precinct was not a crime. I hadn't even 
and I uttered any words that would be frowned upon. I hadn't said anything yet. I didn't even say my name. Um, I said I was an activist. That's all I said. Still, after that call, I was terrified. I was terrified that my I will get my parents involved. You know, they had no idea. They were just like sleeping upstairs. Um, I was scared and I was powerless and I was afraid to do anything. You know, after that, you know, and um, although I would never understand what black folks go through, I did understand how scary it was to stand up to do something. I was just making a call. If making a call was that terrifying. How much courage would it take to protest, to not budge when it, as soon as this curfew time rolls in, the police starts gassing the streets? That's what happened in Denver. For me, I could stop my activism out of fear. But for black people, even if they are terrified, the other choice is worse. They will choose being arrested, minced, beaten, kidnapped. And lynched than the current system. The status quo or the current state of things is worse for them. I do not think violence is a good thing. But the same people who say that violence is not the answer fund the military and the police with billions of dollars that could have gotten into things that actually stop violence and crime, like education, mental health, welfare, and healthcare. I think writing does cause harm, but there is empirical or historical evidence that writing works. Women wouldn't have the rights they have today without the suffragette riots. The LGBT community would not be where they are right now without Stonewall and other riots. The first pride parade that everybody wants to loves to go to was a riot. The first one. The U.S. would not be where it is right now. It wouldn't even be, maybe be a country without riots like the Boston Tea Party and the Whiskey Rebellion. Privileged people do not get to tell an oppressed group how to solve their problems. And also, the third thing we have to talk about, most of these protests were peaceful until the police showed up. You know, there are undercovered cops encouraging pe- violent pe- behavior from people. There are bricks on the streets ready for people to use in self-defense so they can call it a riot. The police are kneeling with the protesters for a photo op, then beating the crap out of the protesters five minutes later. Also, the nation, our nation, was so prepared for a riot. The police was geared up like Captain America and Winter Soldier or something, you know, in two minutes. Well, the government says they have no money to gear up our doctors with personal protection equipment. The rioting happened for literally one day and everybody was geared up. COVID-19 has been happening for about three months now. Still does not have enough gear and protection. They deserve to stay healthy. And most of all, they need the equipment so they can save even more lives. And the thing about it is that People are protesting police brutality. And what is uh, the police responding with? More police brutality. It's like the paradox of the century. This episode already feels way too long. But the only thing you should take away is that, um, you know, if you, even if you can't do a lot of activism, please inform yourself. You know, have those tough conversations with yourself and ones around you.
if you're a white person, if you're like any other person that is not black, you have benefited from racism. It's not a personal thing. I'm not racist, so it's good. The system is, and you've, you are benefiting from it every day. And the only way to not be racist is to be anti-racist. If you're just going along, well, I'm not racist, so I'm just going to go along with my life, you are feeding the system. You have to actively go against it in order to be anti-racist. Um, the movie I recommended, The 13th, is a really good place to start. Even if you've watched it before in class or something, try to look at it uh, through the single story lens and try to understand how everything is connected. Now, all the way back to slavery. I think it's free on YouTube. Um, and also, I decided my closing will be a call to action in each episode. Kind of like me giving you guys uh, homework. <laughs> but think of it more like the podcast making you a better person with each episode. So, watch the 13th. This was Politics for Teens. See you next time.